podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. The day after Liverpool 3, Brentford 0 in the Premier League at Anfield. A very routine, run-of-the-mill type of victory for the Reds. We didn't play particularly well. The first half was a very ugly game of football. But we did get three goals. We did win the game comfortably. We did improve in the second half. And Brentford helped us along the way. After they caused us so many problems in the first meeting between the two sides down at the Brentford Community Stadium, they seemed hell-bent on helping us out yesterday. And if you look at all three goals, all three goals are criminal defensive errors from them. The first is a Trent corner that they allow to bounce in their penalty area and travel the whole way across the width of the six-yard box. And Fabinho heads home at the back post. Now, Tim Sherwood would like you to believe that Jordan Henderson created the goal by blocking off Ivan Tony. If you actually watch the goal, Ivan Tony had no chance of getting anywhere close to it. By the time the ball was near Tony's area or where Tony might have been, it was bouncing. The runs of Virgil and Bobby Firmino at the front post, they're what created the chaos. They're what created the uncertainty. But if you're the Brentford manager or one of their coaches, you're fuming. You are livid because it's right before halftime. You've done well to get the game to this point. Getting it to halftime, nil-nil, would have been a big psychological boost for them and would have sowed seeds of doubt among a Liverpool team struggling for form and confidence. Instead, it boosts the Reds and it demolishes their confidence. In the second half, they were no threat at all. They did have one good chance. Brian Mbomo should have done better. He turned Joel Matip inside our penalty area, but his left-footed shot went just wide. Aside from that, it was one-way traffic. And when I say one-way traffic, it was a lot of crosses slung into the box. It was a lot of... Again, attempting to bash down the door rather than just walking through it, which, you know, is a little bit concerning the lack of creativity in the team outside of Trent. That corner for the first goal was Trent's 10th Premier League assist this season. The record for a fullback is, of course, 13, set by Trent in 1920. The previous record was 12, set by Trent in 1819 we are watching a generational player we are watching a very very special footballer and we should take the time to pause and reflect on how fortunate we are to get to witness this kid's career I mean we are going to in all likelihood see his entire career play out in our team he's a local boy there's no reason for him to want to leave he's earning phenomenal money at the club now playing in a, in a very good team And he's already won a Premier League and Champions League and will be motivated for more. He's already spoken about his desire to become Liverpool captain. If he continues on his current trajectory, not only will he do that, he'll become the greatest right-back to ever play the game. I mean, he's redefining what it is to be a right-back. He has taken the very best parts of Javier Zanetti, who, as a playmaking right-back, as a fulcrum of a team was the best to do it before Trent. People will say Danny Alves, Cafu, etc., etc. Cafu was an overlapper. Cafu was basically Andy Robertson with better PR. 
Cafu wasn't this incredibly special player that people talked about as if he was something really, really special. He was an attacking right back who overlapped and crossed. But he was a very rudimentary player. Mykon was very similar to Cafu. Cafu's longevity is what made him really stand out. But Zanetti was the focal point of a team. Everything went through him. And you'd see teams go and play into Milan and play left back on the left wing just to man-mark Javier Zanetti. Manchester United did it. Others did it. Um, Trent is that, but better. Trent has better delivery. Now, he's not as good a defender as Zanetti. He's not as powerful as Zanetti. But his technical ability, his passing ability, is above what Zanetti was capable of. He's that. He's, you know, a, a better version of Dario Serna. You look at, at Danny Alves. Yeah, great creative player. Got to play with Messi down that right flank for the majority of Messi's prime. And when he was having his 15, 20 assist seasons, how many of them were just a simple pass to Messi and Messi does the rest? Trent doesn't have that. Now, yes, he has Mo. So, yes, he does get the odd assist where he just gives it to Mo and Mo will beat three players. But most of Trent's assists are real assists. He is so, so special. And we should cherish it. He's 23 years of age. He's already world class. He's the best right back in the world and has been for a couple of years. And he's only going to get better. His prime is still two, three years away. Imagine what a player he'll be then. Liverpool's second goal comes from Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It's a cross from the left from Andy Robertson. And it's shocking defending by Ethan Pinnock. Pinnock ducks and then attempts to flick the ball past Ox. Rather than just staying stood up and heading the ball clear. It's absolutely terrible. It's something you'd see Dejan Lovren do. That momentary brain fart. And he knew, if you watch the replay from behind the goal, when he flicks his head at it and realizes he doesn't make contact, the grimace that comes across his face immediately is telling. It's a huge mistake from Pinnock. It's an excellent cross by Robbo. It's an excellent finish by Ox. But Pinnock has to clear that. That's such an easy, rudimentary thing for a six foot four centre back to, to deal with. The third goal is all about Brentford being silly. You're 2-0 down at Anfield. You're in the bottom half of the table, and in truth, you're in a bad run of form. And you have been for a while now. And you're going in one direction, and that direction is towards the foot of the table. Teams have figured you out. You've been figured out in terms of not having a whole bunch of Premier League caliber players. And you're going the wrong way. Now, you look at their season. In the first seven games, they won three games and drew three games. That's 12 points from seven games. Since then, they've only taken 11 points. Three wins, two draws, nine defeats now, including yesterday. Only lost one of their first seven. They've lost nine games since. And you really do have to wonder, what is the instruction there? How, we, how is the word not getting on to the field, not to do anything silly, not to risk any kind of thumping 
that could badly affect your goal difference. Why are you playing it short? Like, you don't have defenders who are particularly good on the ball anyway. Pinnock's not particularly good. Janssen's not particularly good. Ayer's good on the ball. But at the end of the day, you need to be just putting that ball as far away from your own goal as possible. And they play it out and tacky presses and it goes back to the keeper. And then he makes the bizarre decision to play it to Norgard when Bobby Firmino is sniffing around. Bobby takes it off Norgard. Tacky gives it back to Bobby. And Bobby, in a just the most unselfish way he could be, gives it back to Tacky, who taps home to make it three. Uh, Jota had hit the post. He'd also missed it at 1v1. Cade Gordon came off the bench and he missed a 1v1. We could have scored five or six. And we didn't play particularly well. That was the gulf between the teams. We could have scored five or six, and we didn't play particularly brilliantly. So, a solid result, a solid win. You'd absolutely take that. Pushes us back into second in the table, which we can only be happy about. Now, we are still 11 points off City, though we do have a game in hand. But after three games without a win, it's nice to get back moving in the right direction. We'll have Palace next in the league. That'll be tough. Obviously, in the interim, we've got Arsenal during the week. Now, they cried off at the weekend because they were scared to play Spurs. They made up some fake injuries and they pretended to have extra COVID cases. But it turns out they only have one COVID case, Martin Odegaard. Uh, Tierney, Chambers and Saka aren't injured They're just pretending they are And Smith Rowe and Tomiyasu Probably could have played against Liverpool But Arteta held them back for Spurs And then they cried off They've actually loaned out Pablo Mari today That's the third player this month That they've loaned out So they're crying about not having enough of a squad But yet they've now loaned out another player the Premier League really needs to look into these things. But don't be surprised if come Thursday they're crying about not having enough players available. Don't be surprised at all. They'll be without Xhaka. No loss, because he's awful. But it does make you wonder who will play in midfield. Uh, they should have Odegaard back from his COVID. Uh, Tommy Asu will 100% be fit. So will Smith Rowe. Cedric is a doubt. They've got four away at AFCON, but only one of them's a starter. And Kalasnik is a doubt, but he never plays anyway. So, you know, they'll no doubt be fine. But if they do try and cry off, just remember that they've loaned out three players this month. And that the Premier League or the EFL should deny any and all attempts by them to get another game cancelled. When you've loaned out three players, you've got no excuse. Especially when you loaned out one of them the day before you played Liverpool, when you knew you could potentially pick up injuries or suspensions ahead of your game against Spurs. The bottom line is they're just scared of Spurs. The only negative to come out of yesterday's game is an injury to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. He rolled his ankle. They're hoping it's nothing serious, but they'll have to wait and see. He'll probably have to get a scan uh, so we'll wait and see on that one. Um, moving around the main Liverpool sites, improvement, but what next for the forward line? Last word on Liverpool 3, Brentford nil. That's the headline piece. Uh, another new front three and better set pieces, five talking points. Klopp's fifth, fist pump show 
Liverpool back in the hunt. I'm not really sure about that. I do wonder if he was trying to get the crowd going because, let's be fair, the crowd has been fairly poor the last couple of games and really could do with getting their act together a bit more and getting a bit more vocal behind the team. Um, I thought Curtis Jones had a good game. Henderson had a better game than he has recently. He wasn't good. He was okay, but certainly better than he has been in recent weeks. Um, to look at the player ratings on uh, this is Anfield, Alisson, Trent, Matip, Van Dijk and Robbo all get a 7, as does Jones and Firmino. Fabinho gets an 8 and Henderson, Ox and Jota all with 6s. I think they're very, very fair. Um, yeah, I think they're very, very fair ratings, to be fair. Uh, moving on then to Liverpool.com. Liverpool can free up 67 million transfer kitty as Jurgen Klopp names next incredible teenage talent. Uh, I assume this is Pitaluga. Yes, this is Pitaluga. Marcelo Pitaluga. He's, by all accounts, a hugely talented player. He is basically the third choice keeper behind Alisson and Kelleher. It wouldn't surprise me if Kelleher goes on loan next season to get minutes because he wants to play for the Irish national team. And at the minute, he is probably third choice. Uh, Gavin Basunu, owned by Manchester City, currently on, on loan at Portsmouth, is having a really good season for Pompey. And he has kind of established himself now as Ireland's number one. He's got 10 caps already uh, and looks... Very, very promising. He's been he's been tagged as a big talent for a couple of years, but I mean he's was he three and a half years younger than Kelleher. Mark Travers is probably second choice, uh currently um at Bournemouth and playing very, very well for Bournemouth, who obviously going very well in the championship and looking like a good bet for at least the playoff spot. They're currently second, level on points with Blackburn. So unlikely that they fall out of the top three because there's a five-point gap from Blackburn to QPR and then a further gap of two points back to West Brom and Borough. So very, very likely that Bournemouth could come back up and Mark Travers is playing very, very well for them. So Kelleher probably looks at those situations. Both of them have more caps than him. Both of them are younger than him. They're playing regular club football. He may well think, I've got to go and play regularly to boost my chances of getting the Irish number one spot. There'll absolutely be clubs who will want him on loan. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And maybe if he goes on loan, Pitaluga takes over as the number two. Um, we've got young Yaros as well, who's very, very highly regarded. So, I mean, the goalkeeping situation at Liverpool does look very, very good for the, the foreseeable future. Uh, what else have we got here? Liverpool's unique talent closing in on Lionel Messi as 19-year Premier League record is under threat. This is about Trent. Liverpool close in on 25 million transfer as Jurgen Klopp eyes world-class double Barcelona move. Um, let's have a look and see. This is the Media Digest. So 
Uh, Haaland, yada, yada, yada. We won't be signing Haaland. Liverpool make contact over Barcelona, man. Ronald Arejo, wonderful young centre-back, would absolutely, absolutely be somebody Liverpool should look to bring in. Um, Huge talent, very much in fitting with the type of centre-back that we like to sign. 22 years of age, Uruguayan, tough as nails, out of contract in 2023. So potentially this summer could be had on a decent fee. I don't believe he has a buyout in his contract. Uh, More Renato Sanchez nonsense. We won't worry about that. Xavi wants to sell Usman Dembele. He won't be selling to Liverpool. We can be fairly certain on that. Uh, The Liverpool's unique talent is obviously Trent. Um, Liverpool record breaker could follow Raheem Sterling path after another Jurgen Klopp setback. This is about Kate Gordon. Liverpool could repeat Harvey Elliott transfer trick for free amid rejected contract offer. That's about young Carvalho at Fulham. Really talented player. Definitely somebody we should be looking at because that that kid is very, very good and he's shown in the championship that he's more than ready for senior football. More than ready for senior football. Um, There's a piece here about Rafa Benitez, obviously sacked at the weekend by Everton after a disastrous result against Norwich. Uh, Liverpool prepare 58 million new Cristiano Ronaldo transfer. Uh, I'd imagine this is about Luis Diaz. And yes, it is about Luis Diaz, who is not a new Cristiano Ronaldo. Doesn't play anything like Cristiano Ronaldo. If you want to compare him to somebody, compare him to Suarez and Mane. That's who he's a hybrid of. Uh, Liverpool could cash in on Firmino. I have a hard time seeing where he would go, to be honest. Uh, Divock Origi has allegedly been offered to Lazio. Liverpool could benefit from broken promises. So Eduardo Camavinga, allegedly unhappy at Real Madrid, feels he was lied to about what his opportunities would be. And with the, you know, looks like the contract extensions are going to roll for Modric, Cruz and Casemiro. There may not be much of an open path for him, especially with Fede Valverde playing very well. Uh, Liverpool have given Steven Gerrard ideal transfer lesson, but FSG must be ready after ultimatum. Uh, this is about Carney Chukwemeka. Uh, I think Liverpool should, again, be all over him. Super talented young player, massive upside, only 18 years of age, looks at home in the Premier League, doesn't seem overawed by it at all. Contract till 2023. So again could be had at a reasonable price this summer. I think he's one that Liverpool should definitely be looking to uh, to bring in if the opportunity presents itself. Liverpool can reignite transfer for cheap 8 million winger matching Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah. Moses Simon, no thank you. Uh, Liverpool handed major boost to sign Sadio Mane air as 40 million winger makes transfer call. Moussa Diaby allegedly wants out of Bayer Leverkusen. I like Diaby. I think he's very, very talented. I wouldn't be against it, I have to say. I wouldn't be against it. There are some reports today as well about 
potential move for Christopher Christopher and Kunku. Um, if we could get the two of them in to replace Bobby and Sadio, I think that would be smart. Um, they know each other very well. They came through the PSG Academy together. I'd certainly be in favour of bringing in players of this calibre. Um, I don't know how you could not be. I, I think you'd be crazy not to be very, very interested in bringing in players like this. At that age, Diaby's 23, I think Nkunku's 20. Sorry, Diaby's 22, I think Nkunku's 23. Uh, their best years are clearly ahead of, them, ahead of them, and they've got massive upside. Massive, massive upside. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, we've got player ratings from Stephen Smith for the Brentford game. Very, very fair, I think, having been through them. Uh, Podcast-wise, there is a new role, if you haven't heard it, from post-Brentford, myself, Trev Downey, and Jim Boardman, entitled A Burst Backpack. It's a must-listen. There's a new Scouser Tommy's, entitled Milking It, Jim Boardman and Jay Reed. Very, very good. Give that one a listen. The latest Rate Don't Hate has been recorded today, so it will be out probably by the time you hear this. And also post- Brentford, there was a Nina Kowser show. Uh, Nina, John Buskell and Lisa Marie having a chat with some callers. And there was also an Anfield Index podcast, episode 310, entitled Klopp Nudes. Uh, Trev, Cam and Lisa Marie, give that one a listen. Well worth your while. And that's it then. That is me for today. I will see you tomorrow. Enjoy your evening. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.